All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. Presented by Batano, it's time for the Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Carter Hutton once again as we get set for the Leafs and Flyers on this Thursday night. What's going on, Huts? Hey, not much, buddy. Ready to be back. Back to back starts for the kid. Let's go, baby. Big matchup tonight with the Flyers coming in, a hot team, and they're hungry, baby. I love how you're fired up. Uh, we know in this era of analytics, uh, it's tough seeing a goaltender start a back-to-back. Although I will say, Nico Dawes with New Jersey did that on Monday and Tuesday and won both starts. So maybe you win both of these. Yeah, well, they need a goalie in Jersey, especially when uh, Jack Hughes, your franchise player, is calling you out for making some saves that would help their team. So I went back-to-back a few times in my career. Sometimes I found it easier actually playing back-to-back because you're already in a rhythm. But honestly, with my body, it wasn't very sustainable, that's for sure. You take that out of context, by the way, Jack Hughes. I know it was sort of made a bit of a story here in Canada. Not really in the States because nothing ever is. But like, uh, was that a direct shot of Vitek Vanacek? I think just in general, right? I don't think it's definitely like, I don't think he's a bad enough person to just take a shot at him like that. I think it's just saying overall, they need saves. They need to play better. I think it's an overall, you know, I had that one time in uh, when I was in Buffalo, Reinhardt had said something in an interview and it got kind of taken the wrong way. And and I, I don't think it's a horrible thing to say, but at some point, I think just as a team, they need to be better. I don't think he's that big of a guy to call a guy out. And I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen behind closed doors. If you really don't want to spread a cancer throughout a team. 
I think you should have just fought him. But uh, a lot happening in the NHL world. Yarmo Kekalainen loses his job. We got a Sam Reinhart revenge game coming up. And we got an appeal, a five-game appeal for Morgan Riley. Is this story ever going to end is my question. I know. We just keep talking and talking about it. And, um, you know, when I was in Buffalo, George Peros and the NHL player safety came in and talked to us. They had a meeting and they kind of went through the process of how they go through finding a suspension. You know, Peros gets it. They get an email. They blast it out to everybody that works. They all analyze it. They all meet. They have a round table. They dissect it. They go over. They find comparables. And it goes on and on and on and on. It's quite a process. I get the appeal. You're trying to throw a shot in the dark. You're going to get something. But at this point, I feel like it's just falling on deaf ears. They've gone over it with fine tooth and comb. And I think what's done is done here. So important to stress that uh, the suspension did not exceed five games, which means there's only one step in the appeal process. And that's uh, NHL commissioner Gary Bettman as the adjudicator. Um, the only reason I can have for this, number one, I mean, obviously money is a, a, of of importance here in terms of the, uh, of the suspension. And, it leads me to believe the Riley camp thinks they can win this, um, even that they had waste their time. But I think the people out there complaining about this, like there's a reason why you're allowed to appeal suspensions and go through the process. I have no issue with it. Um, I think it's important to note too, Bettman has upheld all three appeals thus far this season. Uh, he did, however, reduce former Leaf Jason Spetz's six gamer to four games upon appeal, citing Spetz's long record of clean plays. So if, if Spetz is getting that treatment, I wonder what could happen for Riley, you know? Yeah, it gives a possibility. It leaves the window open there. I guess my thing would just be not getting your hopes up. I understand why you go with the appeal, right? Five games is a lot of time for Riley to miss, and it's a lot of money, right? But in the same sense, it's hard for Batman to kind of undermine what goes on with player safety. He put these people in place. He put them in power for a reason. So at that sense, I feel like it's always going to be tough. But having that history where Spezza got dropped a little bit because of his history, and and Morgan Riley has obviously been a clean player his whole career, so that bodes in his effect for me, Nikki. I thought it was interesting, too, that um, after Tuesday's game, Sheldon Keefe had alluded to the fact that Brad Tree Living was going to speak on Valentine's Day. Then he didn't. Maybe it's because of Riley appealing the suspension. But none of the players spoke on it either, including Ryan Reeves. Like, are the Leafs trying to play like nice cop right now and be like, you know what? We're not going to say anything else. And maybe Commissioner Bettman's going to be like, you know what? These guys deserve something. And we're going to we're going to tack off a couple games on the suspension. I. I just think the Leafs are just so interesting when they when they do stuff like this. Like I don't even know why there was a reason to bring up that Tree Living was going to speak yesterday. He didn't end up speaking, by the way. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where I've been in different teams where stuff has happened and they've just come down and been like, you know, you have your PR guy come in and be like, hey, if anybody asks you about this, just deflect the question, just deflect the question. Because I just, again, I think some things just get overthought through and through. Like, just keep it simple. But at the same time, I think enough was said about the topic, right? I think between me and you and everybody in this world, yeah. you know, so much was said. And then as the player standpoint, guys made their standpoint. They made their their case. You know, Reeves said what he said. Matthew said what he said. And just even Keith, right? So it's at a point where it's like a dead dog. Let's move on. What's done is done. If the appeal works, it works. Let the powers up that be. We just got to play hockey now. Yeah, I think he got his day. And, and now we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. I just don't understand why the... Um appeal process would take so long. Like it's just a quick phone call. Hey, commissioner Batman, this is what I thought I did, blah, blah, blah. But it just, it's always, always so drawn out. Like it's so drawn out. This whole thing has been drawn out. It seems like it's been weeks since that happened with Ridley Grigg, but it was only last Saturday. So we'll see if maybe Riley returns quicker than possible. Although as mentioned, the record's pretty damn good. They're 15, two and one 
dating back to last season in 18 outings without Morgan Riley in the lineup. So maybe they're like, you know what, Morgan, take your time. We'll get you when we get you. Uh, although, obviously, that's crazy talk because Morgan Riley is their number one defenseman. Uh, we got Craig Button coming on from TSN in about uh, 15 minutes to weigh in on the appeal process. And uh, I also want to talk some prospects with him. Obviously, very, very tied into the scouting world. And the deadline's getting closer. And I'm just curious as to what the Leafs have to play with. Like, we know the big boys, but I'm curious to know, uh, you know, from Craig's standpoint, being a former GM, would he deal these guys for immediate help, you know? Yeah, I think that's where it gets interesting, right? It's that prospect pool when you start giving up picks or guys you have on the shelf, right? Because we always have that win mentality right now. We want to win. We want to win. But at the same time, we want this team to be good for years to come, right? So it's it's always that tricky, you know, you're trying to add to the back end. Like, you know, do you add a goalie? Do you find some secondary scoring, you know, in the depth six? But at the same time, you don't want to be giving away prospects that have your future, right? So it's interesting to see that side of it where sometimes it's so in-depth, I think, for the normal fan who just watches at the NHL level to be like, hey, why are we doing this? Why don't we add this? It's like, well, there's a plan in place. They don't want to give up their future as well. That's the riveting part for me. Like, uh, you know, are you going to burn a year conceivably of having the core four and the big boys just to work for the future? Or these guys really don't care about the future. They want to win right now. And that's the conversation we will have over the next couple of weeks. And at this point, the Leafs haven't really given Bradtree living, um, you know, hope that something could turn around or a mentality that says here, here, go for it. Like they've been very, very inconsistent, a really good effort against St. Louis the other night. Maybe that continues against Philadelphia tonight at Scotiabank Arena at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube, search Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to hammer that like button. Leave us a review as well if you're finding us in podcast form. It really, really helps uh, the brand and the podcast. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25. All in uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So again, it's the Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers. Of note here, after missing practice yesterday, John Tavares, Nylander, and Mitch Marner all accounted for at practice and trending towards playing in this game, which Obviously, is a positive, but the Leafs are coming off one of their better efforts of the season on Tuesday night, Huts. I think a complete effort, right? And and that's yeah. something we want to see as fans, and I think Leafs want to see from a management coaching standpoint, especially with a depleted lineup, right? Going into that game, you're missing you know, some of your stars. We talked about $29 million in salary being missed. But I also take that as the fact of like, did St. Louis just have a night off too, right? St. Louis saw that these guys were missing. You know, do they let off the gas? And Toronto's like overextended because they know they were missing those players. But now if these guys are missing or if they're back, is it sustainable? Tonight is a big game. Philadelphia is playing really well. And Philadelphia is one of those teams that wins by committee. Something that the Leafs are trying to find, trying to stay away from just Matthews scoring every single night or just Nylander. So it'll be interesting to see this matchup because I think Flyers are going to go in there and try to make a statement game because they're playing well. And I think myself included, post All-Star break, I thought this was going to be the collapse of the Flyers. I thought they were going to start going down all the stuff that went on with Carter Hart, Earson being the guy. He's been playing really well, so this is going to be a great game tonight. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, because you look at Philadelphia, I mean, you look at where they were a year ago at this time. They were like a laughing stock of the lead, had, had a brutal, brutal year, and all of a sudden they go on a crazy epic run this year, and they're still in it around the trade deadline, but... I mean, when you look around the league and teams are potentially throwing first-round picks in exchange for guys like Sean Walker and and Nick Sealer and 
Scott Lawton of Oakville, Ontario, his name's been out there. You just wonder if Philadelphia stays the course and they go with the future and say, hey, this is not our year. That's my only wonder, but I think you make some really, really good points and you know you're going to get their best effort. And I think that doesn't favor the Maple Leafs, unfortunately, when a team comes in like that. Although, got to give them credit, St. Louis is that type of team as well and the Leafs sort of threw them around um, on Tuesday. So the flu has been ripping through this room, man. Like, do you recall any stories of your playing days? Cause you sort of lose sight of that um, as a media member, somebody just watching on a daily basis, but like this stuff can, can rip a room, right? Like, I mean, I, I think it was um, a re- reality check when you see guys like Nylander get it and Marner get it and Tavares get it, that any day something catastrophic can happen where the flu bug rips through your team and you know, you're up against it when it comes to game time. Yeah, it's tough. I've been in some situations where guys have been sick. You play through it, but it does seem to run through a team, especially during the COVID season there. I remember at one point our team kind of got in. Everybody got hit with it. And they were actually, a lot of guys were really sick. I think uh, Rasmus Ristolainen in Buffalo ended up in the hospital. And he's a super fit guy, takes really good care of himself. So it is scary, but I've been part of games where guys have flus and you're playing in important games. And, you know, they're on the IV bag before the game, in between periods, just trying to get through it. To hold the guy out of the lineup, I guess, at this point is, you know, a safety thing. But let me tell you, like, if there's a way that a guy can play and he's sick, he's going to find a way to play. Like, there's no reason. If they are sick and they have the flu and they're missing minutes and they're missing time, it's because they are really under the weather. Because nobody wants to miss. They're competitive. I know we play 82 games and sometimes guys can check out during a game. But believe me, these guys want to play. And it's crazy how when it comes on, it's tough because you're around each other. You're playing a game. You're in the gym. You're in the shower. You're sweating. Spit. Like, it's kind of a cesspool if you really think about it but when a guy gets sick it's hard for not to creep in yeah it's the one thing you can't knock about toronto's big boys there are a lot of star players in this league like they don't miss time for like stupid stuff and and maybe it's not fair to call like sickness or flu stupid but like very seldom do you see guys like marner and nylander and tavares and matthews miss games for that type of thing you know like and that just told me that they were really really sick and i mean we saw the video like mitch marner showed up he was trying to play that game. So you can never knock those guys for that. And I think it is important to humanize situations sometimes. Like imagine when you're sick and you feel like crap and you all you want to do is lay in bed. These guys are being tasked with going to an arena, playing in a professional hockey game with zero energy. I could only wonder what that feels like. And people are like, oh, these are professional athletes. I get that. But I think it is important to, to, to humanize sometimes and say like these guys are battling through some something. So I think hopefully this is the worst of it with this room. Cause as you've mentioned, it tears through a room a bit, right? Oh yeah, it does. And it, and it has an effect, right? I feel like it wears on you. And if you don't get healthy and guys lose weight quickly, and now all of a sudden when you, if you're playing at 200 pounds, now you've dropped down to 195. Yeah. It makes a big difference in energy levels and the way you can play the game. Like for me, playing a full game i was i used to sweat a ton right i would drop yeah. six to eight pounds on a busy night right because just the way i played and i had lots of jump where when i was younger i used to play at a little bit of, like a lower weight i was like 185 i was more lean more like had deadly body it looked better and then as i got a little bigger and i went over 200 pounds i was way more durable i was injured less so then if i had a bad run of like getting sick or i had played a ton of games and i wasn't getting as much food in me it wore me down my energy levels my focus everything had an effect so times that by 10 when you get the flu you get nailed with the flu to just jump back in there it's tricky so the last thing you want to do is let this snowball on these guys because it's a long season to begin with and right now this is the time of year where there's no breaks games just keep coming and keep coming it's like groundhog day 
Could be a bit of a showcase game as well, Huts. We mentioned Sean Walker, Nick Sealer. Uh, you talk about Rasmus Ristolainen. and he's been loosely linked to the Maple Leafs the last couple weeks. Uh, maybe you could speak to that. I mean, you played with a guy in Buffalo. He's not playing tonight. He got banged up, so I believe he's going to miss about a month now. Um, but would Ristolainen be a, a long-term fit for this Leafs team? I believe he still has a couple years left on that contract because I know the last couple years, in a hurry, it's gone south where early on in his career, he was uh, with the Finnish junior team, right-handed shooting defenseman, running that power play. And um, very similar to talking about Jake McCabe in that light where he was an offensive dynamo earlier on. It seems like Ristolainen's more looked at as like a shutdown guy now, which is like weird, but he hasn't really had a lot of success the last couple of years. Yeah, I think he needs to be in a limited role. Like granted, when we were in Buffalo together, we were the shits and we got pumped every night and it was either him me giving up bad goal or him making a bad play and uh, but it's one of those things where i think he was just playing in over his head right like just like i was i probably was never a 55 game goalie a year you know i kind of had that sweet spot of playing 30 but for him i think if you can have him in a limited role he is a mean guy to play against he loves hurting guys he loves being engaged cross-checking like making it hard to play against so i think if you could have him in minimal minutes he plays like a jake mccabe but just not as talented. So I think if you could have yeah. him in a lower role, he's definitely a fit. I just think sometimes these guys come in with like, you know, the pedigree of scoring and offense. And he's had some good offensive years or, or glimpses of it in his career. I just think you need to keep him in a box. And from there, he's a successful defenseman. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want to expect him to step into a big role. Yeah, well, the chat's spoken. Uh, Michael writes in, Risto out for a month won't be traded. So Mike's got some uh, intel there, inside sources into the NHL. So Risto line is not going anywhere for the Philadelphia Flyers, but certainly a name they've been looking at the last couple weeks. Um, Just really, really curious to see what this team's going to do. Do you see this, by the way? The Leafs had five stalls for goalies in their dressing room on Wednesday. (laughs) They had Samsonov, Joseph Wall, Martin Jones, Matt Murray, Dennis Hildeby, it's perfect I have you as my co-host today. How weird, awkward would that be to have so many goalies in a room like that? No, it's like training camp. You're used to it. Everyone <laughs> knows. It's like the elephant. It's the elephant in the room, right? Like you're all competing for the job. You understand it. Actually, Murr's a good guy. He just bought a house back here in Thunder Bay, and we were texting oh. the other day, checking in. He sent me a video of him skating on the ice, getting uh, getting ready to go. So you never know what could happen, right? Like, and it's this time of year where like you need depth and you need goalies because talk about the flu bug, talk about injuries, and talk about just we got goalies on the Leafs taking sabbaticals. So at you can never have enough depth this time of year. And especially like you can flip a coin and hopefully somebody can get hot for the Leafs at the right time, Nikki. Yeah, that's the, that's the hope. Right. And uh, I think Joseph wall is getting closer. Like I think in the media scrum yesterday, they were talking about getting to that level where you start to anticipate a target date for a return. Um, High ankle injuries is a bit of a different animal, as you've mentioned time and time again on this podcast, when it comes and pertains to goaltenders, but how many practices, how many full practices do you think he needs? I mean, all this is subjective, of course, and, and you know, every guy's different. But how many practices do you think he would need to get back to full bore here? I think you need a few weeks, like, of just yeah. timing. You know, the timing is so important, right? You get, you do, you're going to do a lot of, you're going to see a lot of shots, right? Your eyes are going to be sharp. Your hands going to be sharp. But it's just that timing and, like, cardio that kind of comes with games. But I think a few weeks of practices and then get him in some games. Like, even when he gets in a game, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, you got to kind of find that grind again. It, it's a weird feeling, right? It's like between your ears, you just need to have that mental ability to jump back in and play well. But for me, seeing him get interviewed yesterday, he, his confidence level and just the way he handled the media is nice to see because he's a young guy and I feel like he's got some good games to fall back on now. So for me, it's exciting. And 
having an ankle injury in the past for me, I just you know he's such a good, young, talented goalie. I hope there's no setbacks. Wonder when that return could be for Joseph Wall, but he is the anointed one in this market, which is kind of scary to be quite honest about it. They need somebody to grab this team right now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party team building event or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com as we welcome in the one and only from TSN. It is Craig Button. How's it going, Craig? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me, Nick and Carter. Happy to be with you. You know, I was just I, I was just listening to the end of that conversation about about Joseph Wall, and you know, Carter, you know, it, it's amazing to me that the difference between an ankle injury or or, or an, a knee injury for a goaltender as opposed to a, a skater, because they're two very different things to come back from. And you know, you're pushing off your legs, you're pushing off your knees, the the stress you put on them, so. You know, a goaltender needs a lot more time to get back into that form. And you can speak to it better than I can. Yeah, it was one of those things. I feel like I was playing with the Blackhawks. I was in the minors in Rockford. Then all of a sudden, this RVH came into play. And uh, I used to play VH, so it'd be vertical, horizontal, for a lack of a better word we couldn't come up with in the goalie community. But all of a sudden, we started using our ankles more for leverage. And I had to learn this. I was late into my 20s at this point but these kids have been doing it for such a long time like even now at the hockey school we run here in thunder bay these kids are so good at it and for years there's tons of leverage and power put on those ankles and knees so an injury and a setback is tricky because for years you've had that and even for me late in my career when i had my ankle injury i had one ankle that had 30 years of playing goal on it then i had this one brand new ankle so it was great for day to day but not good for playing that (laughs) So, Craig, I was going to ask you, is is the league against the Toronto Maple Leafs? No, just everybody in Toronto that roots for the Leafs thinks that the league is against them. <laughs> it, 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 it's almost become uh, like a comedy. I mean, uh, you know, I wish this could be a Saturday Night Live satire. And, you know, we could we could have uh, the, the, the cast of Saturday Night Live go on and, and carry on. Because, quite frankly, it's laughable. It's, it's laughable that people 
people could even think that the league is against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I guess when you're uh, when you're in the in, in the wearing the jersey and you're a fan, you know you, you you want the best for your team, and you always think, oh, they're out to get me, or they're out to get us, or whatnot. I get it. I mean, that's just part of being a fan. But there, there's there's no truth to it, and I don't care what anybody says. I shouldn't say what anybody says. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Is what I would rather say. You know, Craig, we had a chance to chat the other day a little bit um, on this Morgan Riley topic. And now the appeal, like, is there a leg to stand on here? Or is this something that's just part of the process, right? You, you've been around hockey a long time. Is this just a shot in the dark here? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, for, first of all, I mean, you go back to Tommy Wilson. And the only reason I bring up Tommy Wilson is he was suspended. He had to serve the full number of susp- games in the suspension. But when it got reduced, he got money back. <laughs> so, you, you know, for Tommy Wilson, you know, he, he had to sit out the full amount. He didn't get the number of games. Well, the number of games got reduced, which put more money back in his pocket. One of the things, and Carter, I think we were talking about this the other day. I don't think we were. The, the Department of Player Safety has been raising the bar. They, they did it earlier in the year. Four-game suspension to Charlie McAvoy. He appealed it. Four-game suspension to Rasmus Anderson. Five, uh, six-game suspension to Perron. He appealed it. Now Morgan Riley is appealing it. I, I think this is a real signal that the Department of Player Safety is setting a bar, and the players are like, oh, my God, what's happening here? Because it's not just the games you're missing. You're also losing money. And so when, when, when the Department of Player Safety starts to raise that bar, you know, it, it's not just the games you're missing. It's the money coming out of your, uh, coming out of your pocket. So I think that this is now – yeah, pushed back uh, by the by the players and the players association to say, is this the right standard? And this is a great conversation because we know that we we, we want to make the game safer. We don't want the game to lose any of its physicality. But when the number of games goes up in suspensions, there's resistance and there's resistance for any number of reasons. So I, I, I wouldn't call it a shot in the dark. I think there's a real methodology and a purpose behind it that leads you to, 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 to appealing. But as we've seen, I mean, the one with Tommy Wilson went to the third party arbitrator before it got reduced. The, 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 the one with uh, Charlie McAvoy, the one with David Perron only went to the commissioner level. They never went and appealed it any further. So uh, I think that this is just a case of, 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 of pushing it to see if they can back off the Department of Player Safety. And I, I think that that's where we run into the conundrum of, well, we want the Department of Player Safety to make the game safe and meet out punishment. Oh, but not too much. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the thing you go back and forth with here. Um, do, do, you know, to be realistic, do you think Raleigh has a case? Do you think he has a chance of, of, of obviously, if he's appealed here, but do you think he's got a chance of winning this thing? Well, what's the what case does he have? I, I, I would just like to hear the case. I mean, yeah. much like Charlie McAvoy, uh, did you mean to hit him in the head with your elbow? No. Did you hit him in the head with your elbow? Yeah. David Perron, did you mean? to cross-check him in that type of man? No. I mean, the players aren't trying to hurt other players. I, I would never suggest that. And I don't think they are. You know, and we can go back to that. Marty McSorley wasn't trying to hurt Donald Brashear. But the fact of the matter is, it's the act, right? So what, what's Morgan Riley's defense? I, I wasn't intending to do it. Agreed. We, we, we believe you, Morgan. But you're getting suspended for a, for a cross-check to the head and a non-hockey play. So what's your defense? 
What's your defense? I, 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 I have no idea. I would love to be a fly on the wall. We should get that sponsor. We should get that sponsored by Nation Network. Get a camera in there on the hearing and let's let's see how, how this how this hearing goes. No, I like that, Craig. That'd be nice to be a fly on the wall in that one. But, uh, you know, you know, moving forward here to this Leafs team right now and like, you know, the trade deadline coming, like, what do you see this team? They obviously had a great effort the other night with a depleted lineup against St. Louis. Is this sustainable or is or Tree Living going to make some moves here to try to move this team in the right direction come playoff time? Yeah, I mean, we talked about the direction. Mike Johnson and I were talking about this uh, in, the, in the last few days. And you look at the Atlantic division where they are, right? And you look at Boston and you look at Florida. And I, I think you got to be realistic about your chances of, of how you match up against that team. And could, could they do enough at the trade deadline to, to get themselves in a spot where they could be competitive? And arguably, if you finish in third or you finish in second, you're going to have to go through two of those teams. And so I, I think that would be the first assessment. Could they, could they, would they be better off in a wild card and moving over to the Metro? <laughs> I'm not so sure that that might not. Now, I know I'm trying to plan out different scenarios. I mean, as a, as a team and as a coach and manager, you can't do that, which gets me to answering your question, which is, I think they need help on the blue line. I think they need some reinforcements on the blue line, some strength. You know, when they traded for Jake Muzzin a couple of years ago, I said, wow, is that ever a good move? Like big, strong, territorial. And I think defenders that can really add that element to your game. I mean, Morgan Riley is clear cut their best defenseman. And then after that, it scales back in my view, quite significantly. And how do you, how do you bolster that lineup in there? And I think if Brad Tree living could have an opportunity to not only try to improve the team now, but try to do it with, with an idea that what I do now, maybe I can, you know, you know, kill uh, two birds with one stone, try to acquire a player. And, and if it's Hannafin or Tanev and know I can sign them, I also have them for next year and the years beyond when I know I have this group that I believe in. And we, we know there's every reason to believe in the core five. Let's call it the core five. There's every reason to believe in them. But building out around them, I think, is the challenge for Brad Tree Living. There's opportunity, certainly, acquiring free, uh, pending free agents. But if he could get those guys signed, and Brad has an advantage. He knows Tanif. He signed him as a free agent in Calgary as the manager. He traded for Hannafin. So he really knows these players, and they know him. And so if there was ever an advantage to try to build out your team going forward, and going forward means this year and in the future years, I think Brad has an opportunity that a lot of GMs don't have. So we're a day after Valentine's Day. Let's play matchmaker. So you mentioned Calgary. Is there a name out there on the blue line that you think that just makes too much sense that could really, really help this Maple Leafs team out right now and I guess longer term too? Well, I think it's Noah Hannafin. I, I, you know, I know how good Chris Tanif is. We all know how good Chris is. And, you know, he, he's a little bit older. He would absolutely help now. I mean, I, I don't know what type of term he'd be looking at at his age, but I, I think he's got lots and lots of good hockey left in him. But Noah Hannafin is, is, is going is – a, is a, this year is a 27-year-old defenseman. Excellent. Big minutes. Skate. Can take on the heavy lifting. And certainly – you, you're looking for those types of players at that age. If you're going to give them a long-term contract, there's not going to be a fall-off, in my view, in Noah Hannafin's game. And, and to me, he fits the way the Toronto Maple Leafs want to play. They, they play up-tempo. They want their defense. You watch Riley. They want everybody pushing up with that forward group. And I think Noah, I, I, I can't see, you know, there's lots of defensemen around the league, but available defensemen to me 
are the ones that, like him, that I think would significantly improve uh, the, the blue line and fit in exactly with how they want to play. I think Hannafin's severely underrated. I've been saying for weeks, if they could do it, I get both those guys. That's where I include sort yeah. of a first round pick, but curious to get your Intel. Obviously you're, you're really tied into the scouting department. Uh, what's your read on the Maple Leafs capital in terms of prospects right now? Because uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's, it's overly, you know, busy in terms of, of the cupboard, right? There's nothing, but when you're, when you're trading first round draft picks, you're yeah. picking after the first round for the most part, you're, 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 everything has been kind of thrown into the pot of trying to help this group play. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins find themselves in, in, in exactly the same position. And, you know, when you're, when you're trying to push it ahead, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning, same, same thing. You're trying to push it ahead. There's a price to trying to push it ahead. And you, you I, I would not suggest that there's any other way to do it right now. In a, in a very, very last four years, what I call the COVID CBA. It really, with the cap not going up, it really restricted uh, teams from being able to do some things. It, could, it took away some of the flexibility. But, you, you know, Easton Cowan is their best prospect. It's not even close. And Frazier Minton has a chance to be, in my view, a, a good, solid, industrious third-line third, third line center. You know, we, we talk about Dennis Hildeby. How many teams need a goaltender? A lot of most teams in the league have goaltending prospects in their system. After that, I mean, I think they – they have some guys that they're hoping they can, can can advance their game. Topi Nimala comes to mind. But other than that, it's a, it's a very, very thin uh, prospect pool, but not one that you would be surprised to hear that assessment of. Yeah, you know, Craig, obviously having, you know, trying to push it forward and giving away prospects, you know, you have to develop from within, right? And, and a saying I've been using for my first real trade deadline, like, you know, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, right? Like, because you see that lots, right? You make a trade where it's a guy's a prospect, he turns out to be a guy like five years later, you're like, oh, I should have kept him. You know, these players like Easton Cowan, Frazier Mitten, are they someone that can help the Leafs right now? Or are they still a ways away? Like, where do you feel they're at in the prospect? Like, you know, are they ready to come into the NHL? Yeah, you, you know, I'm going to use an example, Carter. You know, a number of years back, uh, Nick Robertson was a player that, you know, he can help us now. You know, they were looking, I mean, entry-level contract, everything. I mean, we're, we're three, four years past where, where, where that moment came for, for Nick Robertson. And, and it's great to have high hopes, and it's great to, you, you know, believe in the, in, the, in the potential of a player. But it takes time. It takes time. So my 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 answer on Easton Cowan and Fraser Mitten is no, they can't come and help them now. I don't think they can come in and help them next year. And I'm not so sure about the year after. And and I use Nick Robertson as an example. And so th- th- that's where the that's where the real challenge comes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, you, you have this this core five. Matthew Nice falls into that. Nick Robertson is finding his way. He is coming into his own and finding his way. So you, you start to go, okay, what do we need to help this team and this group? And, and are these guys there? And when is that time? You'd love to be able to say, yeah, next year. Like last year at this time, I think you could absolutely say Matthew Nice could come in and help. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that with, with, with Frazier or, or Easton and with respect to coming in up. So that's now, do you, you want to say, okay, it's two years and we, you know, we're still right in our window. We don't want to find ourselves short there. That's a real conundrum for, for Brad Tree living in his management group. 
It is uh, very Toronto in terms of prospects and how people build them up before they even played a game in this league. So about a month ago, just to wrap, uh, you mentioned that you didn't view the Maple Leafs as a Stanley Cup or a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Is there anything they can do over the next little while, whether it's making a deal or it's uh, in their play that could change your mind on that? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I look at, at who the competition is. And, you know, I just touched on the Atlantic Division. I mean, I just don't see them as in the same class as as uh, Boston or Florida. And, and I think they'd have a real challenge against Carolina. So let's notch them at four. Well, that's not a top level Stanley cup contender in my view. And I think they're, I think they're thin in critical areas. You know, you think about two months going down hard hockey and, and it's hard hockey and it's not, it's not about, can they play hard? It's, can you sustain it? for 24, 25 games. Do they have the players that can sustain it? I don't think they do. And I think that for them to move forward, I know there's a lot of different discussions. Oh, add a forward. There's only so many. But scoring isn't their problem. Like, those guys score. I, I really believe that if they if they bolstered that blue line, and, and I keep using the term, kill two birds with one stone, if they could do it from now and, and it builds into the future. We talk about Hannafin. We talk about Tanner. I think that that would improve their chances in in in, in a real meaningful way. I I don't think going and trading for uh, a depth defenseman. When I say depth, I'm talking about a bottom pair defenseman is is going to improve their lots. I think they have to do something serious and significant if they want to improve their lots. And I'm not even so sure that puts them in the category with the three teams I just mentioned. It, it would improve their uh, their chances, but I don't think it puts them in that in that lot yet. Yeah, I think we can all agree they're they're multiple pieces away from being a legit contender. Um, it, it, you know, if even dating back to the last couple of years. So we'll see what's in store uh, leading up to March eighth. Craig Kent, thank you enough for uh, taking some time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Take care. No problem. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Uh, yep. That is the one and only Craig Button from TSN does a great job. Love his uh, opinions, hot takes, just tells it how it is sometimes. You need that. You need that in life, man. I love it. No, and I I love it. Honestly, uh, he's had a he had a tough go with me one time. He tore me apart after Ovi scored two on me. But like I respect <laughs> him. Like, honestly, it's great though. I've talked to him, I talked to him the other day on another show, and uh he's just passionate and he has his takes, but it's like well thought out, right? Like he has good takes and it's He's going to defend his side and he's going to have data. And I, I honestly appreciate it. Sometimes you have to go against the grain, and uh, but he's always got a lot of insight and stuff. So it's nice to see, obviously, him being involved and helping us out come on the show as well. Definitely. Um, didn't say anything out of the ordinary. I think we can all agree. Like, they're multiple pieces away. I'm still... I'm holding hope that this team can just figure it out. Again, you watch efforts like the way they played against St. Louis the other night, and you're like, what if? Like, why can't... Why can't they use this rally suspension as a galvanizing moment like last year when Florida's like, you know what, Keith Kachuk called us soft. And I think we forget it was 2 nothing in that game in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena. Florida came back from the dead, wins it in OT, goes on a crazy run, makes the playoffs by one point, gets all the way to the Stanley Cup final before they're dissected by the Vegas Golden Knights. You start to wonder why can't that be the Maple Leafs? But unfortunately, from this perspective, at least for me, I look at this roster, it's very incomplete. Whereas you look at that Florida roster from last year, there's some guys who are going to drag you through the fight. And and maybe that's my hope too with guys like Bertuzzi and Domi, right? Like Bertuzzi's been fighting it. Domi's been fighting it all season long. Perhaps the Leafs have sacrificed a bit in the regular season to be harder to play against in the playoffs. Having said that, these guys haven't really shown they're hard to play against in the regular season or the playoffs for that matter right now. 
Yeah, you just hope it can get to the point where maybe they can turn it on or find it or the fact that they're built better for the playoffs, right? Like even the player, you know, you talk about Corey Perry, right? Like he's not going to do much for you during the regular season. But all of a sudden when the playoffs start, he's the guy that just drags you into the fight. He can, you know, do what he needs to do to aggravate the other team and find a way. So you think about Domi, you think about Bertuzzi, they're playing a tough game, right? They're going to go to the hard areas, create some space for the other players. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get it, but my problem with it is like, is it like a little too late in that sense of like, when are they going to start to turn it on? Like at some point it's like, I feel like we just keep waiting for something to turn and change and find their game. And it just hasn't happened. So that's my issue with it. It's yeah. hard to just get to the playoffs and turn it on where you talk about Florida, they were already playing playoff hockey, St. Louis the year they won the cup. They were already playing playoff hockey, especially when you're not a star studded team, right? You got to find a way to peak at the right times. And I'm hoping that happens here in the second half, but for those, especially that bottom six players. I think the Leafs equivalent would be Ty Domi doing an interview, which he never does on uh, hopefully at least morning take. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, fuck these guys are so soft, blah, blah, blah. And then the Leafs are like, you know what? Ty Domi just called us. It's not going to happen. That's so unfortunate. It, Maybe it was just a circumstantial thing last year with Keith Kachuk, but it just so pretty incredible how it all that the path just parted for that team after Kachuk's comments, right? But I think that's a bit of the whole here with Leafs Nation is that they still have some racetrack remaining in this season, right? There's there's what thirty one games remaining that they could sort of figure this out. But I, I'm curious to see what they have tonight. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily faceoff for those of you who smoke the competition. Wendy's is rewarding with you with weekly prizes, excuse me. They'll have you winning despite your lack of team building skills. Download the Wendy's app, score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory for the mouthwatering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never frozen beef. Sign up to play daily face-off to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So it's the Leafs and Flyers and maybe a bit of a, a scheduling quirk but the first of three versus Philly in the final 31 games of the season. I just, I do not like opponents like this for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. These are scary opponents, right? I've yeah. played on teams like this where there's no expectations. You've already played, you know, the pressure's kind of off. If they were to crash right now and just start playing horrible, nobody would care. But Torts has this, these guys, a pretty green team playing in a lot of meaningful games, finding their ways. And I found sometimes, you know, you talk about St. Louis the other night playing against the Leafs that's like, you know, depleted and they play really good. Sometimes when you're playing against those teams that don't have as much to play for or the pressure is off, the magnitude, they're dangerous. So I think this is going to be a really big game tonight for both sides, right? You could see Flyers getting to play in a really meaningful game at the same time. Can the Leafs answer the bell after one of their best performances in, you know, pretty much all season where they played the right way? So this is a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one tonight a lot, Nikki. It's sneaky in terms of the standings. Like Philadelphia is two points up at Toronto. The Leafs do have three games in hand, but you're playing with house money if you're Philadelphia. Like there is, there's just simply no pressure on that team. Like now Carter Hart, Hart's done for the year. Like they've got their number two goalie. There's no pressure. You weren't supposed to be in a playoff conversation. And I like teams like that are scary. And we've seen this happen to the Leafs before, but in general around the league, like teams like this are scary. And, I couldn't agree with you more where it's like everything happened a couple of weeks ago and Philly started losing some games even before that. And you start to wonder if like, is this where they're going to drop off? And then they don't, right? They've been really, really good since the all-star break. So the least better be ready. Uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of last year. It was that Konechny game where Giordano got involved and Konechny, Konechny took liberties of Toronto's big boys. Like 
we all know what the game plan will be for Philadelphia tonight, especially with that head coach, John Tortorella. They're going to try to run the Leafs out the building. And especially now, knowing three of their big boys are sick and they're missing their number one defenseman in Morgan Rally, you rest assured, like, that's how Philadelphia is going to try to play this game. They always play that way anyways, but especially against a team like the Maple Leafs, that's what they're going to set out to do. Yeah, I think, and you're not going to catch them off guard, right? Like where I feel like that St. Louis game, it's like, hey, man, Marner's out, Tavares is out. Maybe it's like we let off the gas a bit. Like they're going to be prepared for whatever lineup they get tonight, depleted, if they're healthy or not. And they're going to try and try to let the Leafs self-implode. So for me, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and looking at the standings, talking about Philly and where they're at, I just think that like, you don't want almost you don't want to be that wild card two spot. Like if you can stay out of the Atlantic and and get the you know Rangers matchup better than going trying to go through Boston and and Florida for me. And I think this team is going to come out flying tonight. And Vicky just mentioned like you know Katuria being named the first captain. I think there's a lot to play for tonight. It's his first game as a captain. They're coming into Toronto. There's always a lot of local talent, and it's going to be a great matchup. And uh, we'll see what happens here if this Leafs team can have a more consistent effort again. Yeah, maybe Katori takes a dumb penalty because he's so horned up, but unlikely because he's such a veteran and has been in the league for X amount of years and is actually a really, really cool story in terms of coming back when you thought his career was finished, now named captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. So maybe that plays a bit of an impact. By the way, I know some people in the chat are asking, as mentioned earlier on, maybe you you missed it, but uh, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and Willie Nylander were at practice uh, at the morning skate, I should say. And are expected to go. But again, we'll find out closer to game time when it comes to the Leafs. We know Ilya Samsonov will start. Uh, since returning, 5-2-0, one shutout. Um, how do you feel about Samsonov right now? I think he's been up and down the last couple starts. Joseph Wall around the corner and Martin Jones still banged up. You know, I thought we were around the corner, but I still think he needs a little bit of time like just to find a way to compete a little better. Like I feel like even the game against St. Louis, like he didn't get a lot of action, just a little bit sloppy on some plays where he is a goalie when he finds his rhythm and finds his flow early. So it'd be tonight. will be one of those games. Cause I Philly doesn't generate a crazy amount of offense. Like, you know, if you look into advanced analytics they're kind of middle of the pack for most things are just like a good hockey team all around. So it'll be one of those games. Like when they get their chances, it's going to come, but it's not going to come in waves. Sometimes when you're getting 30, 40 shots and the chances are coming, it's easier to get into that rhythm. So tonight will be a good test for them coming off that game, knowing where there are, like seeing if he can, you know, play well again here. And I think with wall coming, it's going to be that test. Cause I think over time, Samsonov has done better when no one's pushing him, but Wall's going to come back, start to push him. Let's see how he responds now with uh, somebody nipping at his heels. First goal is massive in this game. I mean, it's cliche to say that, but especially coming off the other night against St. Louis and the confidence you have and Philadelphia is going to try to run you out the building and be physical to score that first goal. I think would be massive for this Leafs team. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Uh, any bets specifically you're looking at, at the, in this game, I should say? Uh, in this game, uh, honestly, I like Konechny getting a goal. He's just buzzing, and I feel like the way he shoots the puck, he's always a threat. Um, I don't know how the Leafs are going to do tonight. I would definitely, I think I would touch the over here tonight. I just think with this younger goalie, Erson, coming into Toronto, it's a lot on his plate, and Samsonov still hasn't sold me everything yet, so we'll see what happens. I uh, I know Rosie hates when I do this, but I always look back at the last couple meetings, and he doesn't think it transfers game to game, but data's data. 
It didn't work in our favor the other night uh, when I mentioned taking the over between St. Louis and Toronto. Having said that, half the Leafs roster was out, including 29 million bucks or whatever it was. So I think we're doomed from the beginning. But I think it is important to bring up in terms of a betting standpoint, if you want to tail this or not. The over has hit between the Leafs and Flyers in uh, in five straight meetings and six of seven. That's why I think if there's a play that you want to trend towards, it is that. Having said that, I'm sort of lukewarm on it, just more so because of the way the Leafs played the other night, because of sort of the way they've been rallying and and the rally injury, like they might be buying in a bit more defensively. But I think there's going to, I just got to feel there's going to be offense, you know? Yeah, yeah, especially after the last game, right? You think it might open up a bit, but I hope, I guess part of me really hopes that they can come up with the same effort and just grind it out and like, let's bore some of those fans that are sitting down there eating their sushi and getting their Chardonnays down in the VIP bowl, right? Because that's the hockey that's going to win when it matters, right? And that's something for me, you want to see a little more consistent effort and like, maybe this is what it takes for Keith to get through to these guys to play on the right side of the puck. I would just love to see a loud building. A Thursday night in Toronto, uh, big game, big implications in terms of the standings, torches in town. Like, I'd love to see that place just rocking. But uh, very curious to see how this Leafs team looks. And again, it's sort of a comedy act at this point on this podcast. Game to game, you just have no clue which Leafs team is going to show up, you know? Yeah, I know it is the same thing, right? We get the leafy efforts and this leafy team that we have here. But at least we have something to go on. Like, you know, let's see, yeah. even for Bobby McMahon, let's see what he can go. Keep going. Let's see this bottom six get going. I love like McCabe grinding it out there, getting interviewed. His face looks like he's been through war. Something to get this rallying around the fact that like, we got to play hockey. It's a tough game and let's grind it out. And this is a team that's going to challenge you tonight because they come at you with four lines. Mr. D writes in should be a map of Thunder Bay behind you. I guess people in the chat are talking about the map of the world you got behind you. Uh, What's the significance of that? Well, the significance of the map is I'm in my son's room because we just bought a new (laughs) house and I am up in my son's room. And this is something that I I think my wife bought it from some store when we lived in Buffalo and it's been dragged around and I put it up here. And next thing you know, now this is my office. I'd show you his bed and he's got a shark pillow, but this is life for me right now. eh? The glory of you. I used to sit on the bench and watch games. Now I sit up here and watch it. No, it's fair enough. I think it looks great. looks fantastic. Uh, Were you in Buffalo, by the way, when UPL was there? I was my last year. He was kind of making his way. And uh, did you know, though, like chance to hit them? Did you know, like he's really coming into his own right now? Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me, man. That's why I hate hockey people and like the pressure. It's like we live in this era now where it's like now, now, now we want Amazon. I want it on my doorstep. I just ordered food. Give it to me now where it's like these kids, they're kids, man. It's goaltending. It's hard. It takes time. There's like a development. So even the fact that they rushed him, then they rushed Levi. It takes time, especially as a goalie, right? It's a lot harder. It's a lot more between your ears. Like, I think I never really cut my teeth, made the NHL full-time until I was like 26. And I still had like a 10-year career and some successful seasons where like most times you'd be like 26 years old, you haven't made it yet. Like, what a loser. Where like, it takes time, man. This is so, I'm a big believer in him. Just his size alone. He needs a little bit of grooming. I feel sometimes when he's playing bad, he chases the game. Or just back himself up and let the game come to him. He has a lot of chance to be good here. A lot of examples of goaltenders just takes a while, takes uh, takes a while to get your footing under you. And UPL has been great for the Buffalo Sabres. Although again, they're going to miss the Stanley cup playoffs. Leaf nation 67 writes in. Should the Leafs spread out the lines with all the big boys back Domi with Mitch or Willie on the third line. It's a good question because again, it's one game, but going back the other night, I thought the Bertuzzi Domi Robertson trio had, had a pretty good look to it. And uh, you know, if the guys, if the big boys do come back and play in, 
Marner and, and JT and Nylander as well. I wonder what the configuration could look like. Because again, I, I think if we're at the time in the year and Sheldon Keefe has tried every possibility at this point, if it looks like it works and they played the way they did, they didn't score a goal the other night. I think you almost have to come back with it, no? No, I think so too, right? And I, I saw a quote the other day actually from Matthew Shane with Frank Saravelli. Um, yeah. A little less for a lot more. And it's something that kind of stuck with me, right? Because it, it gets to the point in the NHL when you play with these guys that are, I think for me, I, I had a different mindset because I always had to fight for everything I got. I was never like a silver spooner. Like if I wasn't playing, I was like, oh, okay, I, I figure it out. Where some of these guys are so used to getting their cookies, so used to getting all the minutes, so used to getting whatever. So if you can get them to buy in for the good of the team, it's going to work for the best, right? Even Connor McDavid, obviously he went off the other night for six assists, but during that run, he had taken a like a backseat in, in a sense, playing more minutes. I talk about the time when Trotz came into Washington, got Ovi and got all those guys to play more of a complete game and to sacrifice a little bit of your own stats for the good of the team. And this is where I think this Toronto team's at. Like they're not that far off. But can you get these guys to get to expand their role or take less of a role for what's good for the team? Huts, I get it. Um, I've been covering this team for like eight years, nine years, whatever the hell it is. I've had this conversation 18 billion times. They are at a crossroads. I just don't know if they can put it all together. I hope they can. It would be kind of amazing to watch this team go on a significant run. I thought it was happening last spring and then we saw what happened against the Florida Panthers. But we'll leave it at that for today. Looking forward to the Leafs and Flyers. I know some of you have asked about Jay Rosehill. He's okay, albeit he did call me at 8 a.m. today to talk about his flight being delayed. He's off to Cancun with the family. He will be doing the show from there, but he won't be back tomorrow. So Anthony Stewart's filling in tomorrow. Rosie tentatively back and scheduled for Monday from Cancun, probably with 3,000 beers in his hand. So that's coming up. But, uh, it's been great the last couple of days to get your perspective. Obviously, deadline season, humanizing the situation, and goaltending. I'll be watching the crease quite a bit over the next little while here. Yeah, it's obviously that time of year where goaltending is, you know, the most important factor, right? It's like its own little game inside a game, right? Um, but, you know, obviously, it was, it was great being on back-to-back days, getting my flow. I appreciate you having me on, and hopefully the chat wasn't buzzing me up too much for being in my kids' room shooting here. No, they called you Carmen San Diego. I think nobody would get that reference anymore. I used it a couple of weeks ago and the person was like, what, what, what are you talking about? But yeah, it's a pretty reasonable reference for, for my age demographic, but uh, great stuff. Again, looking forward to this Leafs Flyers game. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Great stuff as per usual at the Leafs Nation 401. Do us a favor, hammer that subscribe button, hammer that like button, Leafs want to take wherever you find your podcast as well. Leave us a review, five star That would be fantastic, and uh, it'll set us uh, to new limits here on the podcast. And, of course, to our guest in Craig Button of TSN, thank you so much for stopping by again. That's Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Friday. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.